Hi, everybody. So, uh, yep. joined my daughter, Chano, the head of Kosher Sex, Rabbi Shmuley, the author of Kosher Sex. And um, we try to respond to people's questions on relationships. And one of the things that people were, people were writing and asking, given my theories uh, about kosher sex, the ingredients of, of, of an erotic kosher life in, in the life of a, a married couple, one of those ingredients is mysteriousness and hiddenness. So we decided to talk about something that I've been, um, that I'm passionate about, which is, you know, how modesty actually leads to greater erotic attraction. And that includes things like lingerie being much more attractive than naked flesh. But before I get into that, let me just say, um, Hana, you started the whole kosher sex company and it's been an incredible success, thank God. And you've become, you know, something of a celebrity around the world. Your own father asks you for your autograph. That when you started kosher sex, I told you that one of the things you could do is start a, a kosher sex lingerie line because let me just explain the theory behind it, right? Naked flesh, when overexposed, becomes unattractive. Uh, so for example, a nudist colony, a naturalist colony, there's nothing erotic about it. It becomes very boring. So Judaism is insistent that we limit exposure of the naked body so as to preserve the body's magnetism. That's what modesty is. That's what sneas is. That's why we have this whole concept of sneas. Sneas is a critical concept about in preserving modesty. Now, but what about when, when a man and a woman, husband and wife are in an intimate setting? Well, even then, you know, contrary to the popular opinion, uh, which is born of anti-Semitism, I think, that Jews make love through a sheet with a hole in the middle. You know, I, I joke about that in kosher sex that, um, that's only for reformed Jews. We Orthodox Jews have sex to, in two separate bedrooms through a hole in the wall. Ha ha ha, people usually laugh in an audience at that. But while physical intimacy has to be flesh pressed against flesh as the halacha says, as Jewish law says, in terms of attraction, lingerie is much more attractive than the naked body because it still preserves that element of hiddenness. Of, of, so what is kosher lingerie? So I'm, I'm thinking kosher lingerie if, if we were ever to launch a kosher lingerie line, kosher sex lingerie would be about hidden, yeah. hidden it's like hidden revelation. It's kind of like lingerie that manifests the body while hiding it at the same time. So you might say, well, that's an impossibility. How, how do you reveal the body with lingerie and, and, and conceal it at the same time? Well, that's a challenge, I know. But think about it. That's what the whole Kabbalistic idea is of or hagonos of the hidden light. How could a light be hidden? How could a light be hidden? When we speak about in, in Kabbalah about or hagonos, a hidden light, light is either, uh, light reveals itself or it doesn't reveal itself. Like right now, Khana, you just went dark on me, quite literally. I don't know what, why. Yeah, because something is wrong with the Wi Fi. I just can't get Wi Fi. It's, it's something's wrong. Okay, well, are you using your phone or a laptop? Okay. No. Okay, I, okay. I can barely I can see you. I can't see, no one, can see, no one else can see you either. But do you understand what I'm saying about the mystical idea of orhaganos, of a, of a hidden light? So the body is supposed to be manifest. That's in an erotic situation between husband and wife. And yet, modesty and concealment is actually much more erotic than revelation. So I've pushed you, to, I've pushed you as part of your kosher sex company to create kosher sex lingerie. How would you envision First of all, react to what I just said and tell me how you would envision kosher, kosher lingerie. What would be kosher lingerie in a marriage? Okay, I, I, I can't hear you at all. 
Can you hear me? No, I cannot. And now I can, yeah. Well, I don't really want to get into the kosher lingerie because if I ever do come out with it, I don't want anyone stealing my idea. So I'm not putting it out there right now, but I will say that- Copyright the idea right here on Facebook. You can make sure that all the people watching like give us, they, they can all sign NDAs. Everyone watching can sign a non-disclosure. But I think the idea of lingerie is really interesting because, you know, undergarments or lingerie was initially, it's not underwear, it's specifically for the purpose. It's like, it's an erotic tool. So it's not for comfort. Lingerie generally there is there to, for an erotic purpose. And a lot of people think that that's a little bit anti-feminist and that's catering to men. But I think the interesting thing about lingerie is that it doesn't only, you know, it helps form the body. It keeps things a little bit hidden. It's a little bit mysterious, but it also for women, I think it can be empowering because it changes the way that they act and it can, and it can create a different, like a, an erotic feeling in, in a woman's head. So like, I, I, you, mean, you mean, you mean if women, feel more erotic, more attractive, more beautiful. You're yes, saying might, much, much more, yeah. much more than nakedness, correct? What I'm, right? Yes, and nakedness also, as much as it's beautiful and you wanna to get to that point of intimacy, it is still very vulnerable. So I think that lingerie in the beginning can, is like a stepping stone to getting to where you wanna go, but it, it brings some of that excitement. It's almost like unwrapping the gift. Um, and and I think it gets women especially, I think women maybe have a harder time um, expressing their more erotic side um, or tapping into it as much um, because of whatever whatever the reason is. But I think that it, that can help them get into like a, a, a setting in their head of, you know, like let's say someone's married or they're a mother and they go from, you know, putting the kids to sleep. Lingerie can kind of put them in that mode where they feel sexy and they, and they, um, get into like that, that mood. Okay. So there's two concepts here before we, you know, again, kosher sex is a, is a very deep approach to human sexuality. It's a very intimate approach to human sexuality. So we've said two things. The first is that too much revelation is actually off-putting. It demagnetizes the body. Hence lingerie with its act of concealment can actually enhance attraction and enhance eroticism. Number one, number two, you made, you said about unwrapping the gift. Erotic obstacles are another way of enhancing erotic attraction. In other words, something which is too available is never attractive. Um, it's, you know, what I always say in my books, Hannah, that uh, fast food is never that tasty because it's too available. It's specifically the gourmet meal that you have at an expensive restaurant where things are really kind of dragged out almost, uh, almost uh, intentionally with an expensive bottle of wine, et cetera, which gives you the opportunity to savor the meal. And the same thing is true with human intimacy, with, with sexuality. If, it's, if there aren't some erotic obstacles, believe it or not, when, it's, when things are too available, they're actually less attractive. So lingerie therefore could be very kosher. And, and it's part of this whole concept of modesty. But what I'm asking is, you know, when you and I were talking about what kosher sex lingerie would be, what kosher lingerie would be, as I said, it's kind of revelatory amidst preserving some level of modesty. So what is that? Serious question. Like, how do you have revelation of the body and hiddenness of the body at the same time? It's a middle step between total modesty 
which is what tritium advocates for both men and women, which enhances erotic attraction for all the reasons I just said. Also, modesty invites the body to be part of fantasy. And the, and the absence of modesty, there's no room for fantasy. So it's the perfect middle ground between total revelation and total hiddenness, hence, you know, lingerie. Any thoughts? I have, I mean, it's, lingerie is basically accomplishes that, but I don't know, I'd have to think about it, I don't know. Um, but I actually read a really interesting article about this woman who, um, she said she was never the lingerie type and she thought that it was stupid. She always felt a little ridiculous putting on lingerie, but she did this lingerie challenge where she wore lingerie for seven days in a row for a week straight to see if it would change her sex life with her husband. And she said that the, the results were amazing. So I think maybe people who are watching this maybe want to try that, try the lingerie challenge and see what happens. Um, because I think it's really something like it, it can really change like the mode in your head of make, you know, you know, dressing up, not for, not for just for someone else, but for yourself and getting into that mode and just making the ordinary a little extraordinary. I mean, lingerie like dates back thousands of years, you know? And I think it was like initially there to like form a woman's body and make it, make it look nicer, but um, it definitely has a purpose. And I think it can really spice things up. Well, Obviously, that's why people wear it. Well, but I I'm, think it can be really effective. I'm not a woman, even though you know that your father is deeply in touch with his feminine side, right? Well, I'm not a woman, so help men like me understand. Well, let's make sure I'm recording this part for our, uh, for our blog. Help, help men like me understand why would any woman have an issue with lingerie? You just said that someone you, that women have to take undertake a lingerie challenge. Why would anyone feel uncomfortable with lingerie? Because they feel that they don't fill it out sufficiently, that they're not going to look nice, that they're going to look pretentious, that they're going to put on lingerie yeah, and, be, and, and, and be rejected by the man they're with, so they feel it could in, almost invite rejection. Why would someone feel uncomfortable? No, it's. I think it, it definitely feels a little bit pretentious. Um, a lot of women have expressed that they feel a little ridiculous wearing like the whole getup, that, that it's trying too hard, that it's catering to the men. Um, yeah, all those things. But it's also like really going out on a limb. You know, if a woman puts on lingerie and gets that and puts on the whole getup, you're really putting yourself out there, you know, to, to seduce and to feel sexy. And maybe the fear of rejection of that is, can be really daunting, but um well, you know, you know, the Jewish law says, halacha says that that you know, a man, a husband, should never put his wife in the in, this, in the position of having to ever kind of request sex or intimacy. That that it's it kind of is contrary to a woman's more um, more intimate nature. Okay, and we can we can debate whether you know modern women feel that that to be true or not. But when a woman, if a wife puts on lingerie then normally she is sending a subtle message that she's in the mood for an intimate moment, right? And yeah. the, the fear can be that, oh, I put all this on and I put on makeup and I put on lingerie and my husband won't even touch me or is just staring at the TV or kind of looks at me like I look ridiculous. You think that women go through that and it could be- For know, sure, and that's very- Potential humiliation? Yeah, that's very painful. Um, you know, putting like women, even if you're in a committed relationship, putting yourself out there is still, there's a, still a certain fear in that. 
and wearing lingerie is definitely, it's not even a subtle message. It's basically, you know, you're putting it out there. Um, and to, to go through all that, not even trouble, but to go and put that on and put yourself out there like that is very clear about what you want and to get rejected when you, especially in that state is probably very painful. Um, well, lingerie seems to speak to a certain femininity which society is not yet fully rejected. In other words, gender roles are being rejected by modern society and when, and we're, we're, you know, we're kind of approaching a gender neutralization effort where we're not a lot of talk really about difference between men and women. And, and, um, and yet lace for women has remained something uh, exclusive for women. And what is lace? It's very brittle. It's actually, there's a vulnerability to it. It's like a fabric, which is very, uh, you know, very soft and, and it can fall apart. And it's, and it, and it does speak to a certain femininity. Men don't wear lace, obviously. And um, it's one of the last things where women can kind of project a certain femininity. It's, it's, it's a, there is a, there is a deep femininity to it um, that I think has transcends the, the current rejection of, of gender difference. And maybe women, therefore, maybe it brings out a certain femininity in women. And maybe it brings out a certain vulnerability in women. Yeah, maybe that's what I'm saying. It's un uncomfortable. Yeah. Or, or I think that a part of a key element to women's sexuality is them tapping into that erotic part of themselves and being able to express it. So when they feel sexy, women are, it's, it's much easier for them to express it when they, when they really feel it. And lingerie makes a lot of women feel very sexy, even the way that it's built. It accentuates certain, part of the, certain parts of the body um, and it definitely makes them feel super feminine. So when they feel sexy, they're much more confident and much more able to engage in that. Um, so yeah, lingerie is, you know, it's like a huge, I mean, Victoria's Secret's suffering right now. Is it still suffering? But you know, lingerie is like a, like an empire. It's a... Well, let me tell you, see, that's an interesting example of what I consider to be non-kosher lingerie. Victor what Victoria's Secret did was, it took lingerie in order to sexualize women. It did it without any modesty. It did it without any exclusivity. It took billboards on, on and high street stores smack in the middle of neighborhoods and it showed these supermodels and they were all supermodels women who are airbrushed a thousand times before the picture goes up and it made women yeah it, it kind of made these women objects of envy but it also made the average woman the average wife feel inadequate that she was never going to look that way even with victoria's secrets products um it also it also uh, kind of manipulated lingerie into something that is there just to kind of sell stuff. I'm speaking about lingerie that really is reserved for intimacy to, to create kosher eroticism and kosher intimacy. And, and, and not, so lingerie that is not used to abrogate modesty, but is used to enhance eroticism within the context of an intimate modest relationship. Like I said, it's a, it's a lingerie is kind of a fascinating halfway uh, point between total nakedness and and total and full modesty but when it's used for pure revelation i think it it really undermines the message i i've never i was never impressed with the way uh victoria's secret exploited women in that way and you know Hannah, you know what i've said for people got, people got sick of it why why did they get sick of it 
because I mean, for everything you said, Victoria's Secret, I don't think was about making all women feel, you know, tap into that erotic side of themselves. It was about selling, using, you know, rail thin young women to, to sell a brand and to make money. And people got, they got sick of the, like they want something authentic. And now like if you, on Instagram, you'll see there's like, you know, hundreds of new um, lingerie and, and a lot of them are more geared towards comfort now because I think they're going to an, another extreme. Um, but yeah, there has to be something in the middle where it's very, you know, very erotic, but not objectifying or exploitative. But I think that lingerie sometimes to, to objectify can be good in a relationship and make the body, you know, like really sexy and, and, and lingerie does help accomplish that. Yeah, no, there is room for objectification of the body within, within marriage. There is room for a husband to see yeah. his wife if it's a beautiful sex object and for a wife to see a husband as a sex object. It's where they are only treated as sex objects or where it's, it's exploitative that it's, that it's actually damaging. But there's definitely room for someone to be the object of lust and there should be more lust in marriage and lingerie can help achieve greater lust and desire. And you know that I'm, I'm all about believing that in kosher lust and kosher desire in, in relationships. Where it, where it is exploitative, however, I knew there was going to be a backlash against Victoria's Secret. I knew that this couldn't last, not because, not only because so much nudity, et cetera, was going to provoke a certain blandness and a certain boredom, but also because women were, were beginning to feel, you know what, I don't look like that, and no one looks like that, and 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 this is this is this is not me. And but you're right. Then we go to the opposite extreme. Okay, well then let's make lingerie only about cotton and very comfortable, et cetera, et cetera. And no doubt, sometimes yeah, lingerie, I'm wondering if kosher lingerie has to be uncomfortable specifically, or what material has to be made of as uh, as uh, this slowly comes Well, then, well, then also, lingerie. Lingerie. Sorry? What are you gonna say? Oh, you're cutting out a little bit. But no, I was saying in the 60s, like lingerie became, it can also be seen as very constricting. The women's, live, the women's liberation movement saw lingerie as like, an article of constriction, you know, we're there, it, it, you know, even, even the way that- You're for a man. You're not doing it for yourself. Not you're not doing that, it. But the way that, the way that lingerie started, you know, back in the day with corsets, that was all about forming a woman's body to be, that's how it began. Have a tiny waist and to have like a bigger chest. And that it was literally physically constricting. Um, but I do think that lingerie is also good for the psyche, for the mental, for, for the woman's mind to separate herself from like the whole day and to get into something new and feel sexy and, you know, a, a, a room, like a separation from just, you know, the ordinary day and then you slip into something different and you kind of change your mindset. Well, that's a, that's a great point. These are all great points. Now we're beginning to establish what kosher lingerie is. I like what you said, that it's good for women to slip into a different modality because one of the things that kills sex in marriage is is the practical nature of marriage. You know, you have kids to look after, you've got dishes to clean, you've got the husband and wife, you have all this housework, the husband and wife, and you're tired. So for a woman to slip into a different modality, I think I think that's important. So you might say, what about the guy? Why doesn't he put on a kind of lingerie? Well, I think men are able to slip into an, a different modality mentally a lot a lot easier for some reason. They, they find it easier to compartmentalize between these different modalities. And also, you know, when we get into these generalizations about men being much more visual, that men need kind of eye candy more than women, 
you think that's true? Because women seem to be getting into like cute guys now. They 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 like women seem to be as focused as in uh, in phys on physical attraction among in men as men have been for generations among women. Is that true, or were women always like that? We were just fooling ourselves. Did you just move somewhere else? I I e there is no lingerie for men, right? It would be a kind of it's almost a joke to talk about lingerie for men. Hannah, I'm losing you. Okay, for those of you, until Hannah rejoins me, uh, for those of you that are just joining, and uh, we're gonna soon wrap this conversation up. Look, the, the kosher sex approach to human sexuality is about passion and intimacy. And, and the question is, how do you create um, an intimate experience between husband and wife that is lasting and that is connecting? Well, lingerie is a part of it. Uh, Judaism has always recognized special um, attire that is, uh, that is specifically for intimate moments in marriage. In fact, even in the halacha, we speak about this. When, even in the ksuba, in the Jewish marriage contract, where we speak about the kind of uh, garments that a husband buys for his wife, part of that is intimate garments, like lingerie. And it kind of speaks to how men have been more visual, visually attracted than women. Although I'm, I'm kind of challenging Khan that I, that I see that changing a bit because women focus a great deal on a, on a man's looks these days. And maybe they always did. Maybe we were just fooling ourselves with false gender stereotypes and women were always visu visually attracted. But, but I also want to kind of understand what would kosher lingerie look like? Because the whole idea of, 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 con con of revelation amidst concealment, revealing aspects of the body while also preserving modesty in order to preserve to the twin ingredients of kosher erotic attraction, which is unavailability. You know, a naked body is too available. Lingerie kind of makes it a body more mysterious, unavailability. And the other is this, uh, the erotic obstacle, the need to, to overcome more impediments. There should be artic articles of clothing, more garments that need to be removed in order for husband and wife to consummate uh, their mutual lust, their mutual attraction, their mutual desire. And that's one of the reasons that we have lingerie. So there is this idea of kosher lingerie, of, of intimate garments that still conceal. It's like, it's a fascinating concept that really requires a bit more elucidation. In the meantime, I thank you all very much for joining us. You know, sometimes when I speak about kosher sex ideas and this is late night, uh, late night kosher sex with Rabbi Shmuley, often when I, and, and Hannah is the one who tries to take some of these ideas and translate them into, into the company she's running into real products for people. But very often when I speak about the concepts behind kosher sex, um, I, you know, I'm, we're still trying to figure so much out about human relationships and how to make marriages more attractive and more inviting. And, but my main purpose is not always to answer every question or to solve every riddle. Human sexuality is, is an infinite uh, mystery that we will be unwrapping for all, for all time. It's rather to bring Judaism and the Torah's views of human sexuality to bear on these great questions of attraction between husband and wife, uh, sexual interaction between men and women, et cetera. So I'd love to see your comments. God bless you all. Have a good night.